Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Father God, Abba Father, help us to always be humbled in your presence. Help us to always be grateful of everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're yet to do. God, you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our adoration. May we never lose the awe and the wonder of what you've done and of who you are. May we never lose that. May we cherish that. God, I pray this morning as we uh, look into your word, the word that you have given us, help us to cherish that. So as we look at that, help us to uh, have open hearts, open eyes, and open ears. Help us to hear this morning, God, what you have for us. Again, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for these people. Thank you for your church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Grant. Um, welcome. I'm one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Um, it's my turn to preach this morning, so I'm very honored and humbled by this opportunity. Um, so if you've been with us said September. Back in September, Pastor Aaron started preaching through a sermon series he called Heaven and Hell, right? Couple, first couple weeks, some pretty hard messages, but yet needed, necessary message about the reality of hell, the reality that that exists, and that people we love may end up there. That the reality and the weight and the gravity of that. A couple amazing message, messages about heaven and the reality of that and the beauty of that and the, the, just the magnificent grace that that is, how undeserving we are, yet that is our destiny if we believe in Jesus. That's amazing, right? Then last week, he, he preached a, a, a sermon on hope. And uh, out of Jeremiah, and, and he shared, we have hope. We have hope now, and then we have ultimate hope, ultimate deliverance then. So it's a, we have it now, it's here now, and then a not yet, right? We have mercy and grace now, but then we have ultimate deliverance, salvation, hope then, right? Whenever then is for us. So today, we're going to talk about perseverance. 
So we have this hope now, and then we have this ultimate hope, this ultimate deliverance, this ultimate salvation then. What do we do in the meantime? What do we do in that gap between then and now? We endure. We endure. We persevere. So if you've been hanging around with me last, I don't know, last couple months, you've at least once heard me say this, do not grow weary. Do not grow weary in doing good. Galatians chapter 6, 9 and 10. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Persevere. So today's message might simply be a reminder to all of us, right? Or it might be a recentering, a recalibration if you've kind of wandered, if you've kind of wavered, if you've kind of drifted. Do not grow weary. Persevere. So I came across recently a description of perseverance that I really like. Perseverance, active persistence and patient submission. Active persistence, patient submission. Be about the Lord's work and trust his timing. Trust his will. Trust his plan. Yes, be persistent. Yes, be about kingdom work but trust his plan. So, you might be asking, okay, I hear you. Where do I start? Or maybe I should say, where do I restart? Point one, dig deep. Dig deep. Build your foundation. Strengthen your foundation. So like me, if you've ever recently been looking for a home, buying a home, you're walking through the home, checking out all the, you know, all the home and what it has to offer and doesn't have to offer, etc. What's one of the questions you ask? How's the foundation? Is the foundation solid or is it not so much? How do you really know? Has this house, has this house been well built or has it not? How can you really tell? Because, you know, you're in there maybe 15 minutes at the most, right? He can't really tell when the sky's blue, the birds are singing, a little bit of a breeze from the west. Notice I didn't say wind, a little bit of breeze from the west. I heard the wind blows here. That's what I've heard. A little bit of wind from the west, right? Maybe you're out on the, maybe you're out on the back deck, you know, and you've got your lemonade or your iced tea or whatever and sun's out, Right? That doesn't reveal, moments like that do not re reveal the strength of the foundation, right? What does? Storms. Storms. We sang about it today. I love when God does that. We, I don't know if you caught it, but I did. A couple of our songs. You are my rescuer. I will trust in you. Storm or no storm, I will trust in you because I know you will rescue me. I love it. So what, what really can reveal the workmanship, the quality of the foundation or lack of? Storms, right? 
What about thunderstorms? Personally, I love thunderstorms. I love the power and the majesty and the, the noise and the rain. I do. I love when thunderstorms roll through. But they also can be very real, revealing to your home. Has your foundation been well built? Is the, how's the drainage of the home? Again, you can't really tell when the sky's blue, sun's shining. Man, the storms reveal the, the quality of work or lack of. It's not really evident until it is. Because the foundation, most homes, it's below surface, right? You can't really see it until you can. Here's my point. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This is Jesus' words here. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who, who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on, on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Another version reads, and the ruin of that house was great. The storm reveals the foundation. The storm reveals what's on the inside, because what's on the inside comes out, right? Jesus speaks, says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, what are the results? What is the outcome? Not if, but when the storms come. Not if you're going through a storm, but when you're going through a storm. What is the results? Notice the verse doesn't say, and I built the, about the man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say, and the winds blew harder, and the rains fell more, and, 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 and. Doesn't say the storm was bigger. Doesn't say that. Same storm, totally different results, all based off the foundation. What are the results? Not if the storms come, but when, what will the outcome be? So point number one, dig deep, build on the rock. One of the next steps, if you're building a home, after you've got the home built, what do you do? Probably landscaping, right? Point two, plant trees. Maybe literally, plant trees. Certainly spiritually. Certain, certainly spiritually. Often in the Bible, trees are referenced, I'll, I'll say metaphorically, right? A man is like a tree. Be like a tree, right? Many times Jesus spoke of the fig tree, the olive tree. You'll know a tree by its fruit, etc., etc., right? I'll read a couple of the metaphorical references. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel, not, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. Here it is again. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. And he does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, who is like a tree planted by the river. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who built his house, who is building his house, his foundation on the rock. Last week, one of the verses that Pastor Aaron shared, I will share again here. It's in Jeremiah 29. This is a literal charge to those people of that day from God. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat of their produce, take wives, have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage, that they, may bear, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I, I have sent you into exile and pray the, to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of the city where you're at. Seek the welfare of the city of Gillette. He has sent you here. You might feel like an exile. But here you are. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Most of us in here, if not all of us, are enjoying the shade of trees that someone else planted. Right? If you have a home... 10, 20, 30 years old, chances are you didn't plant those trees. Somebody else before you did, right? But yet you get to enjoy the shade of those trees. Right. You ever gone back to your old neighborhood? So back when we lived here before, we lived in Sleepy Hollow. Recently after we moved back here, back in June, we drove out to Sleepy Hollow. What was the biggest difference 20 years later? The trees, right? We're driving through and we're like, what's so different? What's this? this? The trees. The trees have grown over the last 20 years. And if they haven't, there's a problem, right? Most of us are enjoying the shade of trees that we didn't plant. The people that bought my house out there, they're enjoying the shade of trees that they didn't plant. The house I bought here, I'm enjoying the shade and the beauty and the majesty and the protection of trees that I didn't plant. Get my point? Day by day, you plant a tree. If you take a picture of that tree every day, right, for, one, for a year, 
very little, if any, noticeable change, right? <coughs> day by day, you don't see a whole lot of visible change to a tree, a lot of visible growth. Go back 20 years later, whoa, look at that. Look at the growth. We live in Gillette, right? Planting trees here and keeping them alive, it's work, right? It's hard work to keep things alive here. I get it. But it's worth it. It's worth the blood. It's worth the sweat. It's worth the tears. It's so worth it for you and for those that come behind you. Plant trees for yourself and for the next people. So this morning, I could share many personal stories along this line. I will share one. Not my personal story. I'm a benefactor of that story. I am enjoying the shade of those trees. So you see, back in 1973, if you're doing the math, that's 49 years ago. 1973, one couple, you might know them, Jerry and Jan. Jerry's still with us. Jan has gone on to be in glory with Jesus. Just crazy enough to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. They're living in, they're living in Wisconsin, prayed that prayer. God sent them to Gillette, Wyoming. Two other couples joined them. They went to work. Three families started working the soil, pulling up boulders, digging trees, or digging dirt, planting trees, both literally and spiritually. The soil was hard, right? Literally and spiritually. Went to work, started planting trees. Did they do it perfectly? Of course not. Did they make mistakes? Sure. More victories than defeats? Absolutely. Started planting trees, persevered. And now, 49 years later, every Sunday, thousands upon thousands of people gather under the shade of those trees. At least five different churches that I know of, maybe more, I don't know how many missionaries, I don't know how many Bible studies, how many salvations, I don't really know. Thousands upon thousands because of the obedience of one couple. I'm a benefactor of that. You're sitting here, you're a benefactor of that. I don't know where you were 49 years ago, if you were even alive, right? I can tell you where I was. I was a scared, confused, lost little Mormon boy in Lava, Wyoming. And here I stand. No way that day did I see this day, right? But God did. No way did I see this day. Yet here I stand, and here you sit. Right here, right now, all of us are enjoying the shade of those trees. Talk about persevering, right? Talk about a legacy. So let's talk about legacy. 
I'll share one of those crossroad moments in my life when it comes to legacy. About 15 years ago, I'm in Cheyenne, helping plant a church in Cheyenne. One night, I'm out having coffee with a, a, a friend, James. James is going through it, right? Huge storm in his life, no doubt. Not devaluing that at all. Really going through it. His foundation was shaky. The storm was huge. The waves were big. The wind was blowing. He was struggling. Finally, I was like, James, I have a question. What's missing? What are you looking for? What do you want? What do you need? And he says, I just want to leave a legacy. And the best I can describe what happened next is it's one of those moments, perhaps you've had them, where as I was saying the words, I was learning as much as I was sharing. It's the best way I can describe it. And I said, well, James, I get it. You want to leave a legacy. I've got some news for you. You're going to. You're going to. Good or bad, it's still a legacy. Now, I have no idea if James remembers that conversation, but I do. Maybe it was just for me. I don't know. I can take you to the booth. I can take you to the restaurant. I can take you to that moment frozen in time in my heart. You're going to leave a legacy, good or bad. You choose. No longer was my worth or my pursuits in my identity or my my passions, my purpose, it all changed. No, no longer did my title matter. No longer did my possessions matter. Can't take it with you anyway. That moment, that night, I am going to leave a legacy. Godly or otherwise, I get to choose. Friends, same for you. You're gonna leave a legacy, good or bad. It's still a legacy. All of us have a story, right? We all have a story. We all have a backstory. We all have storms we've been through. We've all have maybe storms we're going through. We all have things that have happened to us generationally. We all have, you know, we all have family dynamics. Welcome to life, right? If you are sitting here and you are continuing a godly legacy that somebody set in place before you, Praise God. Praise God. If you're sitting here as a first-generation Christian, and for whatever reason God choose, chose you to rewrite the family legacy, praise God. That is worth pursuing. That is worth persevering through. Again, not if you leave a legacy, but what will that be? Not if people are watching. They're watching. Not if people are listening. They're listening. Not if people will talk about you at your funeral. What will they say? I've, I've done the math. It's a 100% guarantee. 
right? Funerals are not something we like to talk about, but it's a reality. Funeral, we all attend funerals, and someday it'll be ours. Not if your friends and family talk about you, but what will they say? Will it be, whew, that dude or dudette loved Jesus? Or will it be, well, hopefully, maybe, perhaps, what will it be? I know it's not a popular subject. I know it's not a popular topic, but it is a reality of the world we live in. Not if people will talk about you at your funeral. What will they say? Men, husbands, fathers, I love you. I'm glad you're here. I mean it. This matters. Leading your wife and your family in this matters. That being said, if I was to go to your wife or go to your kids and ask them, so what's his priorities? What's his passions? What would they say? Hey, man, I'm right there with you. Preaching to number preaching to audience of one, right? Had a rough day yesterday. If you were to go to my wife and kids off of yesterday's results, not good. If, that, if, if my behavior was put up on that screen, I wouldn't be real proud of it. We all have those days, right? But overall, through perseverance, through endurance, what would your wife and kids say about you men? It's a fair question. It's a hard question, but it's a fair one. But again, you're here. You're listening to me. So I applaud that. This, this matters. Persistence, perseverance, steadfastness matters. I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be condemning. But I just want to ask, what would they say? Is your, are you built on the rock? Is your life built on a solid foundation? If it is, keep standing there. Keep on digging deep. Keep on planting trees for your family to enjoy and those around you. And absolutely enjoy the shade and enjoy the protection and the beauty of those trees. Then press on. Point number three, press on. Very well-known, often shared passage of Scripture, but it totally fits. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this, or am I already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Let all of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I stand firm. I hold on. I press on. And then I give it all away. 
you can't take it with you anyway, right? And you can't give away what you don't have. If you're not standing on the rock, if you're not plugged in, if you're not worshiping Jesus with your words and your actions, you can't give that away. You can't give this away something you don't have. Surrender that. It's his will anyway. It's his kingdom anyway. It's his church anyway, right? So early in Philippians, in chapter 3, Paul says this. Whatever I gain, I had. I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, Paul says, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. For his sake, it is all rubbish. Then Paul goes, continues in verse 12, I press on, I press on, forgetting what lies behind, right? May I add, if I had one of those, those cool little toys that Pastor Aaron has, um, the little thing that he uses to, to draw, underline a circle, I would go up there and I wouldn't scratch out forgetting because I don't want to rewrite scripture. I would not do that. But I might add this, forgiving. Forgetting what lies behind. Forgiving what lies behind. Forgiving yourself. Forgiving others. Who's the hardest person for, to forgive? Yourself. Because you know you, right? You know what you've done. You know what you've been through. You know what you're going through. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Friends, Jesus makes it really clear. You have been forgiven. If you are a believer in Jesus this morning, you have been forgiven. You have to forgive. It's not an option. It's not a recommendation. Forgive as you've been forgiven. So let's go back to where I started. Do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. Maybe that describes you this morning. Maybe, maybe when I said that, you haven't heard another thing I've said since then, because weary describes you where you're at. Okay. There might be many reasons why you could be weary this morning. I will mention one. Unforgiveness. If you have not forgiven yourself or others, I know you guys have been, some people have been through some hard stuff, unmentionable stuff. Jesus asks you to forgive. If you're carrying unforgiveness around with you like a boulder in your backpack, that is so tiring. And if you're weary because of unforgiveness, let it down. Set it down. Set it at the foot of the cross. Forgive those that have hurt you. Forgive those that have failed you. Forgive those that have betrayed you. Forgive yourself. Forgive as you have been forgiven. 
do not grow weary in doing good because in due time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Along the lines of weary, invitation from Jesus, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus says this, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, says Jesus, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And, I, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for your soul. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound wonderful? Doesn't that sound freeing? Come to me, Jesus says, and there you will find rest for your soul. So if you're weary, surrender it. It's not my place this morning to tell you what this has to look like. It's not my place to stand up here and say, perform, 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 right? Go to work, go to work, go to work. That's not my, that's not my role. That's not my place. Here's where my place is. What does it look like? I ask you this morning, what does it look like to build your foundation on the rock? What does it look like to dig trees or to plant trees, to dig deep, plant trees? What does it look like to press on? What does it look like to forgive? Ask God, where am I at? Where am I at with this, God? What do you want from me? What's next for me? What does it look like to persevere? What does it look like to press on. So in closing, I have one more, one more scripture to share, one more challenge, one more exhortation from God's word. Again, a very, very well-known, but very powerful passage of scripture. It's Hebrews 12, one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. I love this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross for you and for me. Despising the shame and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross? Does joy describe you this morning? Even in the storms, even in the battles, even in the challenges of life, is it joy or is it weariness? Do not grow weary. Come to me all who are weary. And he, come to Jesus, he will give you rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound good? For God, Thank you for moments like this. Help us to find that rest. Help us to find our joy again. If we've lost it, 
Jesus, you went to the cross with joy for us. So whatever burden we have, God, whatever storm we're going through, whatever we've been through, whatever hurts we've been through, however people have hurt us, or however we've hurt people, God, you have forgiven us. You have redeemed us. You have reconciled us. Help us to forgive those around us, God, that, that need forgiveness. Help us to find joy in our hearts. Help us, God, give us pure hearts and clean hands. God, help us to see people the way you see people. Maybe more importantly, God, help us to see us. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. When we look in the mirror, God, may we not see all of our failures. May we see a child of the one true king, a child that has been redeemed, a child that has your love and joy and light and peace in our hearts. God, as we go out there in this loud, busy, chaotic world that can be very challenging and full of storms of their own, help us to walk with joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for gathering today. May God bless you. May you find rest for your souls. Hey, thanks so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.